Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm Allie Wolf, a TV news reporter taking on my biggest assignment yet motherhood. Get ready to feel inspired and connected as we explore the journey into mom life. This is the Mom's Calling Podcast. I'm a firm believer with waking your baby up. <laughs> if okay. they're sleeping way too long, too much daytime sleep will definitely take away from nighttime sleep. So unless you want to be partying at night. <laughs> Welcome to Mom's Calling. I have a very good episode today. I'm excited about it. I want to kick this one off with a really depressing fact. According to Healthline, in the first year of having a baby, a new parent will lose an average of 109 minutes of sleep every single night. Clearly, sleep is an issue in the first year of parenthood. And in order for you, the parent, to sleep, you need baby to cooperate. This might feel like an impossible task, especially at first. But my guest today says this is possible, and she is spilling all her secrets to tell us how. Irene McCriplis is a certified pediatric sleep consultant who's been featured in the parenting section of the Washington Post. And she is also listed as one of the top 10 baby sleep consultants in New York City. That is impressive. Irene is now putting her expertise to the test as a first-time mom to a baby boy. And as if she's not busy enough, she also has a pregnancy and postpartum skincare line called Irene Organics. In this episode, we break down baby sleep basics, how and when to establish good habits for your baby, how you, the mom, can stay sane during the fourth trimester, plus how to survive sleep regressions, how to ask for help, how to set up night routines, and also best practices for naps, travel, and your productivity. We get into a lot, and there's a lot of great gems in this one. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Irene, hi, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm so excited too. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, I am so excited to pick your brain about all things sleep because it is on every mom's mind, I think, especially Mm -hmm. in the first year. So I'd love to just dive in with some of the basics for a clueless mom. I was a clueless (laughs) mom not too long ago. What should a mom know when she's getting ready to uh, take care of her baby, maybe in the first six months about sleep? Because I think a lot of uh, baby sleep is kind of counterintuitive. So what are some of the basic things to keep in mind? Sure. I think one of the most basic things that a lot of first time moms don't know is, you know, you want to always allow your baby to try to fall asleep on their own. Now, if they kind of cry and they need your help a little bit, that's fine. You can rock them, you can nurse them, feed them, do what you need to do to get them to sleep. But if they're okay on their own, you don't need to intervene all the time. You can kind of lay them down and walk away and let them figure it out on their own. Because the biggest sleep issue comes from babies who fall asleep with sleep props. So a sleep prop is anything like the mom rocking or feeding her baby to sleep. And the problem with that is once the baby gets a little older, eventually they start relying on it and then they start waking and expecting that sleep prop again. So it kind of creates like a vicious cycle. Like even if your baby's waking every two hours, they're going to want a nurse or they're going to want to be rocked again. So I like to tell parents and first time moms that, you know, if you can lay your baby down on their own and they're okay and they're not crying, then let them be, you know, you don't need to intervene all the time and always help them. And it'll really help them be a little more independent and won't rely on you, you know, so much and create these, I guess, bad habits. (laughs) I knew that I was going to find 
moments that I'm guilty in this conversation and I've, <laughs> I'm already guilty. But I wanted to know with that, because bad habits is something that you worry about with babies. Yeah. And um, how soon is too soon to start thinking about the habits? I mean, is it right away from day one or do you kind of let your that, baby be for that? I'm all about, you know, like the fourth trimester, they say, where your baby really wants to be close to you. They want to feel your warmth. They want to feel connected. And I'm all about that. And I think it, it does really benefit babies in the beginning. So I like to say the first three months, don't worry about it. Just go with the flow, do what works for you. And you're not going to create bad habits. It's kind of the fourth, fifth, sixth month is when kind of when bad habits start to really set in because your baby is becoming more aware. Mm-hmm. So the first three months, they really are just like, whatever, like they, they, they don't know what's going on and they just want to kind of be near you. And that's okay. Me personally, I, you know, I, I took my knowledge and I was like, okay, the first three months, I'm not going to worry about it. But I found myself at when my baby was eight weeks old, I was so sleep deprived and I was really just struggling on my own. And I was like, okay, I need to kind of do a few things just for me. So I did start doing little things like bedtime routine and just little things that I could create good habits. And it really helped me as a mom. And it helped my baby too. So if you want, you can start good habits early on, but don't stress about it. Yeah. And I, I just want to highlight also, because, you know, you have your personal experience and you have your, your knowledge and your training, Mm -hmm. but that struggle in the first eight weeks, three months. Oh my gosh. It's, it's hard. It's so hard. I mean, I think it's easy. You know, everybody tells you when you're pregnant, enjoy your sleep now, enjoy it. But uh, and I couldn't even sleep when I was pregnant. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, sleep is such a big thing for mom too. But yeah, I'm wondering if there's anything that you can get into about how to make things easier for mom too, because in the beginning, you know, of course you need to do what's best for your baby, but you need to be, have your cup full so you can be a good mother Absolutely. for your child. Yeah. Absolutely. So what about things you can do for, for yourself that also help your baby? And what did you do maybe in those first three months to stay sane? <laughs> yeah. I was very lucky. My husband got um, three months paternity leave. So he was home helping me a lot. And I feel like, you know, even if you don't have a significant other or a family, like even just having a friend come over for an hour or two a day, just to help you like physically, you know, whether it's them handling the baby or them even just coming over and folding your laundry or doing your dishes. I feel like that's so important. The saying it takes a village to raise a child is so true. Like no one can do it hundred percent on their own. We can't do everything, especially in the postpartum months where our hormones are going crazy. I mean, per- me personally, my, my hormones really took a toll on me. And without support, I might've lost it. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I think that is honestly the best advice that you could give, because I think, like you said, there's no getting around just the crazy, insane first three months. They're just Mm -hmm. a free for all, I think. And so really leaning on other people and asking for help. I know you had told me before that you don't like to ask for help. I mean, it's not in my nature either. (laughs) Yes, but you need it so badly. I I had to learn to force myself to say, okay, I need help guys. <laughs> I yes. have to like force it out of me. Yes. And finding your village is so important. 
I want to tell you about a product I love. It is the Mule Baby Whiteboard, the easiest way for new parents and caregivers to coordinate baby care. You can log feedings, diaper changes, and sleep times. It is reusable. Just stick it to your fridge and start logging. There's also a twin version. Get 10% off your order on Amazon with the code MOMSCALLING. Enjoy. You know, everybody talked about the four month sleep regression. My uh-huh. pediatrician told us that she didn't believe in sleep regressions, but we experienced it. And so oh, I experienced <laughs> it too. <laughs> yeah. So how do you survive that? Cause it's oh like, you, you just yeah. reach a point where maybe you're getting some longer stretches at night and then boom, you're back to the new oh, newborn yeah. phase. <laughs> and I, I know it a little too well. And I was like, you know what? Oh, if we instill good habits, health, you know, early on, and we're doing our bedtime routine the sleep regression won't hit us as hard. And that's what I used to teach parents until I had my own baby. At three months old, I was very lucky. My my son started sleeping 12 hours straight at three months without Amazing. a feed. And he did it all by himself. And I was like, wow, this is great. You know, this is going to be our life from now on. And then closer to four months, it, it kind of started. And he was waking three, four times a night. I had a nurse and back to sleep. It was exhausting. And I was like, well, we had good habits. So I don't know what happened. Sleep regressions are a real thing. There is so much rapid development going on in your child's brain that it's affecting their sleep too. So we kind of just pushed through it. Um, I do have a guide, a three to four month guide that really helps parents through the four month regression because from, you know, a lot of parents experience the four month regression is one of the worst. (laughs) So bad. So So I do have a guide that helps parents out and it kind of just, it it doesn't sleep train your baby, but it does help you just set up some, some good habits like bedtime routine, what your child's sleep environment should be like. And it kind of helps you out with weaning nighttime feeds too. So there's a lot that goes into it, but there are some tips that you can do. <laughs> yeah. Probably too much for us to get into right now, but lot, so yeah. <laughs> much for people to look into. And I think also one of the things that crossed my mind was like you said, my, my baby also started sleeping those 12 hour stretches by three months. And I thought, Oh my God, I've got an amazing sleeper. This yeah. is perfect. This is the, now that we're done smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And I think, exactly. I think the lesson in my mind was okay. If you like a phase, don't get too comfortable, but if you hate a phase, it'll end soon too, right? Yes. Yes. It's always changing. <laughs> and and you mentioned nighttime routines. This was really confusing for me at first because I was like, what, like how many things do I have to do at night? So what is an example of a nighttime routine or where can a, a parent or a family start with establishing sure. a, a, a routine that isn't daunting, right? Yeah. So routine, bedtime routine is different for every baby, depending on their age. So like if they're a newborn, you can kind of start with just like a 15, 20 minute bedtime routine. If you have a year old bedtime routine might need to be 45 minutes to an hour long. So it's kind of just something that you want to cue to your baby that it's time to sleep. That's really what the bedtime routine is. It's you telling your child it's time for sleep and them just kind of accepting it. And you also want to help your baby enter like a calm, relaxed state. You don't want to just plop them down and they're excited and overstimulated and then sleep is just not going to happen or they're going to be very upset. I like to teach, you know, whether it's taking a bath, putting on pajamas, doing a lotion massage, reading a book, putting on the sound machine, simple little steps that you're setting up bedtime for. Yeah. Working through them and seeing how to calm your baby down is key, but what about, and I've had these nights and I'm sure you have too, Mm -hmm. when you think, okay, you know, 
I want to put my baby down by seven 30, but mm-hmm. they are just wired at seven. And I've had the nights where it goes on till nine. And so yeah. what about the expectations versus the reality? Because <laughs> sometimes, I mean, I think about it as me, like some nights I'm tired at 10, some nights I'm not tired yeah. at all. Yeah. So is there flexibility in timing and the routine? Absolutely. There, honestly, flexibility is a must. You can't say, okay, my baby is going to go to bed at 7 p.m. sharp every night. That's just not realistic whatsoever. You have to kind of do it based on your baby's naps, based on your baby's mood. You might see that they're getting cranky and tired and fussy earlier than seven. You might see at seven that there's they're not tired at all. They can go a little bit longer. You really need to learn how to read your baby and follow their cues. It's a little hard, but I feel like flexibility is a must. And following a super, super structured schedule is just going to drive you crazy. So, and that's something else I wanted to bring up too, because for me as an example, as an individual, I'm very structured and I'm Uh schedule, schedule, schedule. But Uh I found that once I became a mom with my baby, she doesn't stick to a schedule well at all. I think some babies are very scheduled. Um, Yes. I find myself breaking a lot of these rules and getting very intimidated by what I see online (laughs) is this is the schedule that a baby should follow. So what do you suggest with that kind of flexibility if just Mm -hmm. things go completely off the rails and your baby's very hard to keep on a schedule? I mean, I know this is obviously based on every baby being different, but you know, what do you do in those cases when the baby is just kind of all over the place? So I love to teach parents that you can't have a, a, a schedule, just don't set stick to set times. So you can't say, okay, my baby is going to wake up at 7am every day. Nap one is going to be at nine. You know, those structured set times don't work for a lot of babies mm-hmm. because they might wake up at a different time every morning. They might have a two hour nap one day and then one hour nap the other day. So that all plays into your baby's schedule. So I love to teach parents to just follow wake windows. So as long as you're following age appropriate wake windows, that should be your schedule. Don't think about nine o'clock nap, 12 o'clock nap, 7 PM bedtime, erase the clock in your head, go by your baby's wake times, but from the time that they wake up to the time that they go down, that should be the schedule that you follow. Okay. That's super helpful. It took me almost a year to realize that and to really grasp it also because it's yeah. always changing, but yet people should definitely yes. look up because it's every age is different. So you've got to yes. just every month it's changing. Okay. So that leads me to another question uh-huh. about naps. Yes. Do you recommend waking babies up from their nap? Because I know that people I've heard mixed. Some people say never wake a sleeping baby, but others say, no, you need to wake your baby because they won't sleep through the night if they sleep too much during the day. Yeah. I am a firm believer with waking your baby up. <laughs> if okay. they're sleeping way too long, okay. um, too much daytime sleep will definitely take away from nighttime sleep. So unless you want to be partying at night, <laughs> you know, I would say there is a maximum amount of daytime sleep for every baby's age. So like, for example, my son is six months old. His maximum daytime sleep is three and a half hours. If I see, you know, his last nap is approaching that three and a half hour and he's starting to go over, I will wake him up just because I don't want him to have a rough time at night. When I have just let him go, uh, we've had difficult nights. So I do definitely see that it makes a difference. Okay. And again, going back to the total number of hours with the wake windows, then it becomes easier because you have like 12 waking hours. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And And I have a, I have a wake time chart on my website, by the way, which is free parents could download it. And it tells you, you know, if your baby's two months old or, 
even 12 months old, what their wake window should be and what their maximum daytime sleep should be also. Okay, perfect. That's an amazing resource. With that too, I want to talk about understanding the days and nights, because if you're a baby and you're indoor all day, because my baby was born in Seattle. So I mean, the, the light was not really there. <laughs> so, what are your recommendations for, you know, babies understanding the day and night with the mm-hmm. nap schedule? Are there things you can do to signal to them? Sure. So the first three months of your baby's life, they have no clue what the difference is between nighttime and daytime their circadian rhythm is not developed, but there are things you can do to actually help it along. So one of them is holding your baby up to the window for some natural sunlight, taking them outside for some fresh air, for them to actually see the, the sunlight. In your case, I mean, even, even if it's cloudy, you know, they could kind of see, see the difference. Um, but what you can also do is don't let your baby nap for more than two hours at a time during the day. So if they're going past two hours, wake them up, go about your, your wake window, your feeding, your changing, and then put them down again. And again, no longer than two hours so that they start to understand that, okay, we don't sleep that much during the day. We get our bigger chunks at night. Yeah. That's super helpful. Okay. Before we get more into your story, I just have Mm -hmm. one more question, which I think is tough travel. So (laughs) that one is a big one. And I think (laughs) it's really tough because we don't want to sit at home and keep our baby to their routine and not do things because we have a baby, but it's rough. So I don't know if there's anything that you recommend in having a good traveling sleeping baby. Uh, there are a lot of things. Um, and I've been experiencing it, experiencing it with my baby myself, because this summer we kind of just wanted to enjoy and, you know, get away on the weekends. Um, so I've been bringing the pack and play with me, but there's this thing that I also love. It's called the slumber pod. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like a kind of like a privacy pod, like a tent that goes Mm -hmm. over the pack and play and it makes it really dark. And basically because it's so dark, your baby doesn't really notice that they're in a new environment. So you can put them down the way you would at home. I also bring a portable sound machine with me. And my son always sleeps in this um, dreamland weighted sleep sack. And I have to bring that with me or else sleep is not happening. So as long as you kind of try to replicate what you do at home when you're away, hopefully your baby will, will do good. And you know what, even if they don't, once you get back home, you know, you can just get right back to your normal schedule. Okay. All right. That sounds like it's manageable, but yeah, again, it's probably yeah, just worth you, you it. You never to know life. how your baby's going to do. So some babies do great and some babies, it really disrupts their sleep, but you know what? I mean, we can't be stuck to our homes all the time either. No, we cannot, especially not lately. You got to stay sane. I know. <laughs> um, well, I want to get a little into your backstory now because sure. you, you've been a sleep consultant long before you were a mother. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little <laughs> bit about your journey sure. into motherhood and how that went for you. Yeah. So, I mean, before I was a mom, I was a nanny for 10 years. So I've raised lots of kids and I've been through the whole sleep training process with other kids. And, um, I kind of just, I really grew like a passion for taking care of kids and a family that I was actually working for was having a hard time with their baby sleeping. And he was, I think seven months old at the time. So they had hired a sleep consultant and I had never heard what a sleep consultant was before. I didn't even know it was something that existed. And this lady really helped us out. And 
showed us how to get him sleeping better. And by night three, he was sleeping 12 hours straight. And this was a baby that was waking like 10 times a night. And I was like, wow, well, I've sleep trained kids before, but this, you know, this is really something amazing that you can help parents with because so many parents are sleep deprived and have no idea what to do. So I kind of looked into, into the certification and I got certified and I've been just rolling with it. And I've been sleeping something for four years. And finally, last year I had my own baby. <laughs> I was like, it's time to, to raise my own now. <laughs> That's amazing. And so what have you learned through raising your own baby that's been different than other children? Uh, definitely um, breastfeeding was something completely new to me. I mean, you know, I was a nanny, so I wasn't the mother and I wasn't, I've never been through a breastfeeding experience. And even while I was pregnant, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to juggle a good sleeping baby along with a successful breastfeeding journey? Because sometimes a lot of people don't think that those two things can go together. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women who breastfeed are, you know, very into close sleeping and nursing at the breast and, uh, you know, to fall asleep. And I, I really didn't want to be one of those moms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, I've done so much research into it. And I, I finally realized that you can have a balance to both, but that was something completely foreign to me. I didn't know what to expect with that. Yes. I'm sure that was a totally different experience. And Mm -hmm. the breastfeeding journey is a totally different story, which we can get into maybe (laughs) another time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but was, was it different with sort of the emotional reaction? Because I know that, for example, when I hear my baby cry, it's like this surge goes off in me. And I don't know if you had a different reaction to doing all of the sleep yeah. tactics with your child or if just Honestly, felt different. I, I didn't feel that because I've also felt that with the kids that I've nannied for, even though they were my biological children, I had an amazing bond with each and every one of them. I truly felt like they were my own. And when my own baby came along, it was kind of just like, oh, it's my baby number 15, you know? (laughs) So I I had the same um, attachment and the same bond. I mean, there's definitely a limit. Like you can't let your baby just scream their head off. But a part of me was like, okay, either he's just fussing. And you know what? If he's really crying, I will go out and and help him. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is like a fine line. And I think a part of me just really listens to the type of cry. And not just like, oh, my baby needs me right away. Mm-hmm. So I'm very all about like, I don't know how other moms feel. And I know maybe some moms are clueless to this, but you kind of learn your baby and you learn when they're hungry and when they need to be changed or burped and when they really need you. Yeah. So clearly it's that experience that you have that that has helped you with your own child, even though it's your yeah. first child, it's, it's as though it's your 10th. 15, yeah, 20 yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm wondering if you can explain a little bit about the cries, because this is something I had to learn through experience. So mm-hmm. how do you get in tune with your baby's cries? It sounds crazy yeah. to know. Oh, there's so a different hard. cry. It's so hard yeah. to kind of explain. Cause it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like an instinct that I personally had, but even in the beginning, like it's, you know, you're, you're still learning your baby. So, you know, if my baby would cry in the beginning, I would give him always like maybe five minutes. But if I saw he wasn't coming down or wasn't settling, then you go kind of go through the motions. I went in, I checked his diaper. I tried to burp him. Um, if all else failed, I pulled the boob out and would start nursing. And I kind of just, you know, slowly started figuring him out. It does definitely take even two, three months. You, you're not going to learn it in the beginning because your baby's fresh and you're new to this. 
but eventually you kind of, you know, you just have to go through the motions and say, fed, burped, changed, you know, and then you kind of slowly figure it out. Yeah. It's that mini checklist. And I think that there is something to be said for just not being too hard on yourself in the beginning and knowing you need experience. Yeah, definitely. So you talked about the concern of breastfeeding and and getting into that habit of feeding to Uh sleep. And I'm wondering, was there any rule, so to speak, that was really hard for you to stick to with your own child or rules? Yeah. Yeah. The nursing to sleep. I mean, I was nursing to sleep for the first three months and, you know, by three months, my son was sleeping through the night. So I was like, oh, he has no problem nursing to sleep. It doesn't create any sleep issues for us. And then a month later with the four month sleep regression, I kind of saw that it was becoming a habit. And even though I tell a lot of parents to feed at least an hour before bedtime, so you don't get into that feed to sleep association, I kind of break the rules even now with my baby who is six months old, but I've learned that I can keep him from falling asleep at the breast by just talking to him or tickling his toes. And I even noticed that, um, he was having a really hard time because I would close the blinds and nurse him and he would get drowsy and doze off to sleep. Mm -hmm. So what I do now is I just nurse with the curtain open with the sun shining in and it kind of keeps him a little more alert so that I can actually put him down and he can put himself to sleep. But I do feed like 15 minutes before bed, which I tell my clients not to do. (laughs) Well, I'm super guilty of this because I, my daughter is a great breastfeeder, which I'm super grateful for, but I feed her until she's super drowsy and I'm super guilty and I need to be better. Even now, almost at a year, I never thought I'd be in this position. So that's a really, really hard one. Um, I'm wondering if there's any way to correct that if you've already made the mistake, like for you, when you had the four month sleep regression Mm -hmm. and you started doing that, have you now corrected it or? Oh yeah. We corrected it big time. Once I finally stopped letting him fall asleep on the breast and started putting him down awake again, he went back to sleeping through the night. And I was like, Oh, this is it. You know, it all comes down to again, that your baby's becoming more aware. So they're realizing, Oh, well, my mom can nurse me to sleep. And if I wake up, she'll do it again. (laughs) Yes. They get a reward. Yeah. (laughs) So now that you're at six months, are you doing a sleep training system or I know you don't believe in the cry it out, but I'm wondering what you're doing with your son. Um, honestly, ever since four months, ever since we had the regression and I kind of stopped nursing him to sleep, I nur- I do nurse him a little bit till he's a little drowsy, but I always lay him down slightly awake. Um, I've gotten very lucky and my son is a thumb sucker. So he mm-hmm. totally knows how to soothe himself. And I like to tell parents that too, because they think that thumb sucking is a bad habit. But before two, you know, the thumb sucking or the pacifier is an amazing way for your baby to learn how to self-soothe themselves. So honestly, ever since four months, we haven't had any hiccups. Um, I lay my son down and he doesn't cry. He doesn't scream. He just puts his thumb in his mouth and he's good. So we, we really didn't have to do any form of cry it out because I started, you know, good bedtime routine and good habits so early. Mm-hmm. And I always, you know, allowed him to learn how to figure it out on his own. And I was lucky that he was able to suck his thumb early on. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm sure it's a testament to to you having so much knowledge and experience. So, yeah. and I want to get back to that and talk a little bit more about you and how you balance everything, because oh, not only are you a sleep consultant, you are still six months 
into parenthood and that yes. is still hard. Yeah. I'm curious about how you've been able to maintain your businesses and balance motherhood. Honestly, the fact that I'm a sleep consultant really helps um, with my son having great naps. And that's like the majority of the time that I get stuff done. So I always know that my son's going to have a, a two hour first nap, then we're going to have another hour and then maybe another 30 minutes towards the end of the day. And those are the times that I just, I, I use it to my advantage and I know I'm going to get stuff done. I know when I can schedule my calls. I know how the day is going to go and that makes my life so much easier. So being a business owner of two businesses, it's definitely hard and I'm exhausted and I definitely want to just relax during those naps, but I really make the time to get stuff done. And I'm not the type that I put my baby to bed and I'm up, I'm watching TV or I'm like doing a bunch of stuff. When my son goes to bed, he goes to bed at about seven. I'm literally asleep by eight o'clock. <laughs> so that's when I get my rest in. I love understanding kind of the different routines, you know, your baby has mm -hmm. your, their night routine, but so you've also found a way to balance getting your rest with fitting in your work. So are you a morning yeah. person with a morning routine? Do you get up before yes. baby or how do you, what's your morning routine? Like, oh, since so, you go to bed at eight? <laughs> so because my baby sleeps through the night, I'm like forced to wake up early and pump. Mm -hmm. Um, if I don't, I'm like super just in pain and engorged. So I have my alarm set for five. I wake up, I have my coffee, I pump and I get work done. And then usually my baby wakes up at like seven, seven thirty. So that's already another two hour chunk that I'm getting. Um, but I'm definitely a morning person and I wake up well before him. Mm -hmm. And I also see you're always, I mean, obviously I follow you on Instagram and you're always working out and you're fitting yeah. in. And I'm like, you really are able to fit in that <laughs> self-care, which I think is so important. Yeah, so yeah. do you think it's a testament to your baby being on a predictable schedule or just maximizing oh, totally. the time? I think it's it, him being on a predictable schedule really helps me because if you don't know that your baby's going to have that two hour nap, um, how are you going to squeeze in a workout? What if they wake up 20, 30 minutes later, then you're like, ah, like, you know, you didn't get it in. So I really think him being on a schedule and him just being an independent sleeper really helps me. And it also helps him. It helps him get the rest that he needs. And it, it's so good for, for mom too. I, I love those like cuddly contact naps. But sometimes you get into this habit of always contact napping and then you can never get stuff done. Mm -hmm. So I'm totally like in your crib, nap, I get stuff done. I get my me time. That's inspirational because I think a lot of moms just get sucked into the cuddles and then are yeah. frustrated that they're not getting more done. So right. I want to know what your tips are for maybe a mom out there who has some goals and maybe wants to start a business or do more for herself. How do you get started with that? I mean, of course the sleep has to be in place first, but yeah, since she definitely. is getting those naps, how do you take advantage of the opportunities um, like you have? Uh, I think just, you know, you really got to keep yourself motivated. Um, I'm all for like printing out a calendar or a to-do list and get those, those ideas down, really set goals for yourself every day. Because if you don't, for me personally, if I don't write stuff down and get those goals done every day, then stuff just kind of starts piling up and it's always like, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I always find the time to get it done. And I work out daily, which I also feel like helps with my energy level. The days that I don't work out, I feel like I'm a flub. Yes. <laughs> so I really do feel like it helps with my energy level. And I'm like, 
it makes me become like super mom. Okay. So you clearly have an internal drive, but also just putting to-do lists and maybe on some days, I'm sure in the beginning, you couldn't get as much done, but you no. had the goal. So you were still yeah. able to get a little done, right? Yeah. I think, I think pre-baby, I used to have like 10 things on my daily to-do list. And now that I have a baby, I'm like, okay, let's stick to like two things. <laughs> yeah. Lowering the expectations, but still, you know, working towards bigger goals, right? Definitely, definitely. And, you know, even slow progress is, you know, a step in the right direction. Yeah. And we haven't mentioned the fact that you also have Irene Organics and you started that when you were pregnant. So I'm wondering if you could talk about, if you could talk about growing a business during a time when you're physically not feeling your best um, and like keeping it up during this entire postpartum phase. Yeah. So I I started Irene Organics, which is a pregnancy and postpartum care, uh, skincare line. And I started it because I was pregnant with this belly and I started buying these like belly bombs to like, you know, moisturize and help prevent stretch marks. And I kind of didn't really like what I was finding out there. And I was like, well, maybe I can make my own. And I started experimenting and I made my own. And I, I personally feel like mine is it just feels amazing and it really works. And it's a lot more natural. A lot of the stuff that's out there has preservatives and chemicals. And I really didn't want to put that on my skin, especially while I was pregnant. I think the fact that I was pregnant and expecting a new baby also like drove me to do more. There's just something about me having a child that like has pushed me even more. Like I want to do well, cause I want to do well for him too. So I started this line. Um, I've trademarked it. I'm on Amazon. And I'm trying to like, even get to like Walmart and Target. I've been going at a slower rate than expected. Cause when I was pregnant, I was just like, boom, 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 boom. And now that I have the baby, I'm like, okay, I'm keeping up with orders, but I can't expand the way that I envisioned. Maybe when he starts school, (laughs) that's what I'm kind of thinking. I'm like, okay, well maybe when he's like five and in kindergarten, like I can start expanding again. No, that is so impressive and incredible that you were able to do that during such a crazy time. It seems like you have a really good perspective that you're, you're doing more of the long game that you want to grow your business, but you know that you have time and you're also enjoying the stage you're in now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, our kids are only little ones, so we have to enjoy them too. And I also think something you said, I, I so agree with in that this period of time when you become a mother, it's, it's a great time to start new things because you have this whole new chapter of your life. And so you get this new inspiration. So I love that you said that. I feel like we could go on and on about your businesses, but Mm -hmm. for the sake of time, I'm going to get to some fun questions and then maybe another time we can get into more of your business tips. Sure. (laughs) So I'm wondering some of your best and worst advice. Um, This can be related to sleep or just parenting in general. Mm -hmm. Best advice. And I know a lot of moms don't like it. Sleep when the baby sleeps. (laughs) Um, In the beginning, this was like my lifesaver. You know, I was waking up every two, three hours at night. So whenever my baby would nap during the day, I was like, okay, I got to just lay down, close my eyes and get some rest myself because that's the only way you're going to function. Your body can't function on two, three hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. And that was the best advice that I got. Also, you know, forget about your, your household chores for a little, forget about cooking, forget about keeping up with the laundry. Yeah. Okay. Once in a while you have to get to it, but don't like harp on it. Don't be OCD with it. I got like paper plates and I'm like super eco-friendly too, but I was like, I need some kind of relief. And I was like, I can't keep doing dishes all the, all day long. So, you know, even those first few months, I was like, we're living on paper plates. We're living on takeout um, because I can't do it all. 
and you kind of just have to accept it and roll with the punches and make sure you're doing what you can for you and keep yourself well, because that's, that's what's most important for you and your baby, not keeping up with, you know, your, your wife, wifely duties. (laughs) Yeah. Not baking fresh bread every day. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, and what's the worst advice and maybe we can have fun and and make it the worst sleep advice that you've heard. Oh, cry it out. I am so not a fan of cry it out. I think your baby needs to feel loved and safe. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have to be realistic and that, you know, sometimes getting breaking bad habits, there is a little bit of crying and protesting, but that doesn't mean you have to leave your baby completely and just let them become exhausted to the point where they pass out and fall asleep because that in that way, they're not really learning anything. If you're going to sleep train, definitely do your research and do it properly because there are wrong ways of doing it. Yes. No, I think it's the big picture. Like everything we talked about, it's not just the night. It's the whole day. It's the whole routine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a great tip. I want to get to our little question swap at the end and I'm going to ask you, or I'm going to play you the question that our previous guest um, asked you. How do you as a mom decompress at the end of the day? I love jotting things down to kind of just clear my brain. If I don't do that before bed, I find myself just like really thinking about what I need to do the next day. And it's like, oh, am I going to remember to do this? Am I going to remember to do that? So when I write it down, it really like helps me clear my mind. And then my guilty pleasure, just basically surfing Facebook for an hour and just kind of like going through mom groups and posts. It just kind of helps me like shut off my brain a little bit before I go to bed. Yeah, that's great. I love that brain dump idea and just kind of jotting everything down. I do that Mm -hmm. too. It's so, so helpful or else you have a to-do list in your brain all night. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Before we go, I want you to kind of share where people can find you if they want to check out your sleep resources or your products. Lullabyandme.com. It's my website. You can find um, my sleep guides. You can find my reward charts for toddlers you can book a one-on-one consultation with me. And then you can find my products on irene-organics.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at lullabyandme. And I post daily tips, my personal life, everything. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We could have Thanks kept going me. on and on, but <laughs> I really appreciated it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.